Barry Colbo agreed to union demands for UK 10% pay increase. The British trade union, Unite, has reached an agreement with Barry Colbo's management on a 10% pay rise for around 200 workers at the company's factory in Banbury, Oxfordshire. Inflation in the UK is currently at 9.4%, and it is expected to rise to over 13% over the next year. The cost of living for British workers is a key topic of concern in the country, and the unions are pushing for companies to increase remuneration for workers to compensate for the effective loss in earnings. The one-year collective agreement means that the salaries, bonuses, and pensions of production workers and technicians will be increased by 10%. The deal was secured without the need for industrial action, unlike many other sectors of the business, such as transport, which are engaged in prolonged and organized strike action in the country. When employers can afford to put forward a decent pay rise, we are determined to ensure that they do. Once again, Unite's total focus on boosting jobs, pay, and conditions has delivered for our members. This deal could not have been achieved without the efforts of our representatives at Barry Carlbo, and the support of Unite members, said Sharon Graham, General Secretary, Unite. Belgium-Swiss Barry Carlbo's Banbury factory produces chocolate and cocoa products for a number of high-profile companies, including Cadbury, Nestlé, and Mars. Barry Calabort has recently posted strong half-year results, in which they praised their colleagues during the pandemic, and they were likely expecting such a request from worker representatives. This pay deal represents a fair and equitable increase to keep our members' earnings, in line with the cost-of-living crisis pressures they are facing. It also recognises the company's strong performance following COVID, and the loyalty of its workforce throughout that difficult period, said Chris Moon, regional officer, Unite. Below average rainfall in Côte d'Ivoire, not worrying farmers. Only 11 millimeters of rain fell in Subra last week, that's about 60% of the five-year average. Subra is one of the main growing regions, located toward the west of the country, and is where many of the nation's farmers carve out their living. Yet the level of moisture being measured in the soil is still good, and the trees are free from disease, leaving farmers feeling optimistic about their chances of a bumper crop this year. Marcel Aliba, a cocoa farmer in Subra, Côte d'Ivoire told Reuters. Everything's going well for the main crop. We expect lots of cocoa from October. Other parts of the country also reported below average rainfall. Delawa, for example, saw only 10 millimeters of rain in the last week, about 50% of what the farmers might expect. In order for the harvest to develop to meet its potential, there will need to be more rain in September and October. Ghana and Côte d'Ivoire raise cocoa origin differential premiums. The world's leading cocoa producers have announced that they will effectively raise the price of cocoa from their respective countries by no longer accepting negative premiums, which they have been forced to do recently. Cocoa farmers in Côte d'Ivoire and Ghana have always struggled to earn a dignified living wage from cocoa production, despite being the largest producers of the key commodity for chocolate products. In 2019, chocolate companies agreed to pay a living income differential LID, of $400 per ton of cocoa to help farmers secure higher incomes in the top-producing countries. There are now concerns, however, 
that negative origin differentials and additional premium paid for a country's bean quality are cancelling out the LID on doing efforts to combat farmer poverty. Ghana's cocoa regulators, Coca Board, has announced it will be raising its origin differential from a negative £50, $60 per ton in July to a positive £20, $24 per ton in August. Meanwhile, the Coffee and Cocoa Council, CCC, in Côte d'Ivoire, has said it will raise its differential from negative £125, $151 per ton, to zero in the same period. Ghana is able to command higher prices as they produce cocoa of higher quality, compared with Côte d'Ivoire, which produces a greater volume of beans. As part of the Côte d'Ivoire and Ghana Cocoa Initiative, SIGSAI, the West African countries said they will jointly publish their origin differentials each month. Our ambition is to no longer sell cocoa with a negative premium. It is to ensure that our producers receive a decent and remunerative income for their cocoa, and to achieve this, the origin differential must once again be positive, and the LID also applied. We will therefore no longer accept cocoa sold below this level, as we move into positive territory, said Alex Asanvo, Executive Secretary, CIGCI. Indonesian man arrested for marijuana chocolate. A tip-off has led police in Bali to uncover the country's first known chocolate marijuana smuggling operation. Ricard Fajoraidi works as a security guard during the day, but at night, ran a secret operation to smuggle marijuana around the country, using chocolate as the delivery medium. Fajoraidi was arrested on August 5 by police in Bali, who were responding to a tip-off. We managed to secure the marijuana package and in the perpetrator's room, we got approximately two liters of alcohol-soaked marijuana stems. From the perpetrator's confession, he intended to cook the water, mix it with chocolate, set it, and then send it out of town, said Madehendra Augustina, West Denpasar Police Commissioner. About two kilograms of the drug was discovered when police raided Mr. Fajoraidi's home. According to his confession, Fajoraidi has been making marijuana-flavored chocolate for three years. However, he did not sell the chocolate to the public. The chocolate would be sent to his older brother, Tomi Rairihina, who is currently in a Sumatran prison for drug-related offenses. The charges Fajoraidi now faces could land him in jail for up to five years. The quality of his chocolate was reportedly very poor, but that is not yet a crime in Indonesia. Magnum's Impact Program Empowering Ivorian Cocoa Farmers Magnum Ice Cream has given an update on its impact program, which was launched in 2020, to support the female cocoa farmers who harvest the beans they use. The program seeks to empower 5,000 cocoa farmers, both socially and economically, by 2025. Magnum supports cocoa farming communities in Côte d'Ivoire, through the joint initiative with non-governmental organizations 100 Weeks and Care International. More than 200 women cocoa farmers have benefited since its launch, and 600 farmers this year are expected to join, as the program expands its activities. Magnum has donated €250,000 so far, which will be used for direct weekly cash transfers to farmers. 
The beneficiaries will be sent weekly cash transfers over a 100-week period and received through donated mobile phones. The cash donations will then support the farmers at the present, while the training they receive enables them to prosper independently outside of COCO. Beyond financial support, the program provides training to help farmers earn additional income by monetizing their passions in areas such as arts and crafts. Through these additional skills, farming families in these communities will be able to stabilize their income, profiting even during the off-peak season for cocoa production. Diversification of income is key to the initiative's success, due to the seasonality of cocoa farming. 198 farmers reportedly graduated from the program last month and have now either set up or invested in their own income-generating businesses. Since 2012, we have invested 80 million euros, 81 million US dollars, in helping to make Magnum supply chains more sustainable. Through our impact programs, we are putting additional focus on supporting female cocoa farmers, as we know they are often at the heart of many families and communities. We are proud of the farmers who are graduating at the ceremony, which recognizes their work in creating a range of income-generating activities, said Ben Curtis, director, Magnum. The results of our program are lasting. Each story of every woman reached is always moving, and not seldom, heartbreaking. We have truly broken the code of change of how people at the family level can best move out of poverty, said Yarun Lang, founder and CEO, 100 Weeks. Martin Short leaves WCF after brief stint as president. It was a bit of a surprise to hear that Martin Short, who was appointed to the role of president at the World Cocoa Foundation less than a year ago, had handed in his resignation. His reasons don't need to be shared with the public, although he hints a moving to a new role or in a different direction. This leaves the WCF caught a bit, well, short. At the time, Short wrote that he saw great opportunity in bringing sustainability to all aspects of the cocoa supply chain. While a number of chocolate companies are making good progress now, toward their sustainability goals, it's not clear what leadership role the WCF has played in the delivery of that. Martin Short announced his resignation on Friday as president of the World Cocoa Foundation. Chris Vincent, the foundation's senior vice president for programs, will be interim president effective from Monday, August 8. Short, who joined the foundation last year, said he was leaving to pursue other opportunities after having led a strategy review with the foundation's board. It was a privilege to work with the talented team at the foundation and an engaged and enthused board of directors, and to lead the strategy review that has put the foundation on a strong footing. The foundation is poised to move to another level of success, and will be looking for the leadership to achieve that with the new strategy, said Short. A British national, Short joined the foundation after holding leadership positions in the non-profit and private sectors. His most recent position was as chief executive officer at the Power of Nutrition, a United Kingdom and US-based non-profit. We're sorry that Martin has decided to leave after a strong start at the foundation, and wish him well in his new endeavors. The foundation's board will immediately start a search for a replacement, to ensure that the plans to further increase the foundation's impact on sustainability can be quickly implemented, said Barry Parkin, foundation chairman. Regional Collaboration to Boost Growth in Liberia's Cocoa Sector The African Center for Economic Transformation 
ACET, in collaboration with civil society organizations, CSOs, has recently held a one-day validation workshop study in an effort to improve Liberia's cocoa production. ACET is actively working with CSOs such as the Institute for Research and Democratic Development, IIEDD, the Center for Policy Action and Research, SUPAR, the Center for Democratic Governance, CDG, and the Liberian Ministry of Agriculture, on a year-long study titled, Regional Collaboration on Overcoming Binding Constraints on the Growth of Liberia's Cocoa Value Chain. The initiative will allow for an examination of the whole country to identify and address the challenges facing the Liberian cocoa value chain and draw comparisons with best practices and success stories across Africa and beyond. In addition, it will enable the participating organizations to make recommendations on how to utilize the country's available opportunities in the sector. The study is funded by the United States Agency for International Development, USAID, under the Liberia Economic Policy Dialogue Activity Project, LEPDA, which is a four-year technical assistance, capacity development, and grants project that aims to foster self-reliance by encouraging private sector-led economic expansion in Liberia. Dr. Julius Gatun, lead researcher at ACET, discussed the expected outcome of the study, which was conducted in the cocoa-growing counties of Liberia, Bong, Lofa and Nimba. It is our expectation that the findings of this study will provide key policy lessons for reforms that target farmers and women in the cocoa industry in Liberia and improve policy engagement between the Liberian government and the citizenry. The ongoing study will also include a political economy analysis, PEA, in support of the development of policy advocacy. This element is crucial for the uptaking and actioning of recommendations by the government of Liberia, said Gatun. According to Joe Hoover Badiou, senior economic policy specialist at USAID, the study's initial report identified innovations that could be domesticated by leveraging partnerships with key stakeholders and sharing regional knowledge. Among them are solutions for first-mile transport problems, access to inputs, financial inclusion, storage, and markets. Clemenceau B. Yuri, president of the Atlantic Cocoa Exporting and Processing Company, said that the issue of finance is particularly challenging for cocoa exporters. Build the structure, let financial institutions give out loans, not the one with a high percentage, said Bedu. Policy recommendations were also outlined in the initial report, with the intention to catalyze and scale the innovations. The recommendations were discussed and approved by stakeholders during the validation workshop.